everybody, and welcome to another episode of Comics and Cinema. I'm your host, Alex Klein, and today we're talking about Mulan and whether or not this film brings honor to us all. Spoiler alert, it does. Uh, so this is a brand new movie premiering on Disney Plus Premiere for the price of $29.99. Uh, is that price worth it, I would say, is the first question that many of you have. Uh, I, I would say yes, uh, 100% it's worth it. And uh, we'll get into a discussion maybe a little later in regards to the quote-unquote box office for Mulan. But uh, hoping that it does well enough to facilitate more of these sort of things from Disney. Uh, while I'm not a huge fan of uh, giving them more money... Uh, the ability to be able to watch a film in your house uh, instead of going to the movie theaters, especially during this time right now, uh, is something that I think a lot of us uh, would appreciate or could appreciate. Uh, and then again, I mean, it says on there too, it's going to be released for free in December. Uh, so only three months to wait, which is also something that I could highly encourage everyone to do. Um, it's not that long a time seeing as, uh, I don't know, I, I feel like I've lost my mind in that it feels like it was just March uh, when all of this crazy stuff started. And that was uh, like seven months ago. Um, so three months is not going to be that long. Uh, but beyond that, uh, my wife and I watched this film and both of us absolutely loved it. Uh, Mulan is one of my favorite Disney princesses and uh, I loved that movie growing up. I watched it all the time. I knew all the songs. I sang them. I have Mulan Funko Pops and I'm trying to think there's, there's, uh, I always am trying to get a little bit of Mulan gear whenever I can. Like I said, she's a complete badass. She's my, one of my favorite Disney princesses because she is less of a princess and more of a warrior. Uh, and she just gives such a good example to others in terms of bringing honor to your family, along with also being different and celebrating your differences. What I loved most about this movie is how different it is from the cartoon. I think one of the biggest failings that Disney has had is in regards to its live-action remakes. I am, It's no secret that I am a Disney fan. Always have been, always will be, unless, of course, you know, we find out some terrible terrible thing that disney has been a part of at some point and who knows i'm gonna get i'm gonna get a ton of fan mail uh emphasis on fan for uh you know all the terrible things disney has done in the past that i'm not aware of bring it on i'll read it all and i'll address it as i can but um and, and obviously there's some controversies around this movie too i've seen a couple of them i'll be honest i have not uh, uh given them credence uh, only just in myself, because again, I think I talked about this on another podcast, but I I don't know enough, if not anything, about the goings-on in China and in other uh, countries around the world. I know a little bit about world, uh, world politics, uh, but not enough to be so ensconced in a specific issue that I boycott a movie uh, made by Disney. Uh, whether or not that's a comment that uh, uh, Yifei Liu, who is uh, the star who played Mulan, I think she said something about supporting uh, Hong Kong police. Or I, honestly, that's that's about as much as I know. And I could pull up an article about it, but I'm not making this podcast about that sort of stuff. 
Uh, again, if that's something that you're passionate about and something that you have enough information to make an informed decision on, then all the more power to you. Um, save yourself the $30 and, and not uh, it just wait for it to come out in December and make your judgments then for me. Uh, you know, I, or I've already seen it. So it's like, I can't, I can't go back on that. And I am not judging this movie based on the actions of the actors and creators. I'm uh, outside of this project. I'm trying to judge it based just on this project. So with that in mind, uh, like I said, loved this film. And um, yeah, I mean, like I, I've tried and I was really bummed, honestly, that I didn't get to go see this one in theaters. I would have loved to. My wife and I would have loved to. We, we said it multiple times. We were like, man, this would have just been so good in theaters. And I'm looking down here at the kind of the more like this on IMDb and, and some of these ones popping up. You've got Aladdin, A Lion King, Beauty and the Beast, uh, Cinderella, uh, Lady and the Tramp would have been another one as well. I have not seen Lady and the Tramp, but I've seen all those other ones, and they vary in degrees of fine to eh. Uh, none of them have gotten a score of higher than a 7 in my eyes, uh, just because, again, there was nothing that separated... Oh, and The Jungle Book would be another one. I would say maybe out of all of those that I listed, Lion King and Jungle Book are maybe my faves. I did like Aladdin uh, for some of the songs and uh the some of the cast like jasmine but for like beauty and the beast take it or leave it saw that in theaters it enjoyed it had a great time it was while i was on vacation and that always makes movies better but um haven't seen it since have no desire to do so same with cinderella and uh lion king too i mean all every single one of those movies i've only seen once i've seen them all once have no intention to see them again i'm sure my kids will love to watch them and i will watch them with them but um, in terms of like, okay, this was a shot for shot remake like Lion King, or, you know, we hit on all the same songs like in Aladdin. Okay. Well, we have a couple new songs. That's kind of nice. Or Jungle Book. We're like, okay, we can incorporate some songs, but not all the songs. Mulan really stands out for being, uh, embracing a different sort of strategy. There are, and, and I'll, I'll be going into some spoilers for this film just to talk about the differences in the movie. I will say this, there are no real spoilers in this movie besides uh, me being surprised when I saw Ming-Na Wen is in this film, and we kind of already knew it. She was the voice of the original Mulan. And uh, when I saw her, I freaked out. I lost my mind. Uh, but it was just because I didn't know it was coming. So I won't tell you when she appears. Um, but it's 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 cute and it's great. Um, there are no songs, so there are no uh, no one sings anything. But there are um, what would you call it? Like a part of the score of the music has that. So we we got beats from Reflection, a little bit of Make a Man Out of You, definitely from. Um, yeah, I think Reflection was the big one. That one played over and over in multiple of the... That was... It, it, just like in the trailers. And, uh, oh, the, you know what? A little bit of the Matchmaker song as well. Uh, but other than that, no no real song. No Mushu. No Cricket. While there is a character in the film called Cricket... Uh, there is no actual cricket on her shoulder, though uh, it was interesting. We're, we were, you know, watching, and I, I had brought that up at the beginning, and my wife was like, "Well, so who, you know, who's going to be her partner in this?" And it was a good question at the time 
to think, okay, you know what, what it is. But by the end of this movie, we were saying, wow, she really does show that she doesn't need anyone else. Like she has her family, but like, she doesn't need a man. She doesn't need a partner. She doesn't need, she can do everything on her own. And I think that's what makes this movie so special from the get go. We see that Mulan is powerful and not just as a warrior, but as a person, they really dive into this idea about chi and how certain people have a lot of it and are really powerful with it to the point that they can have powers. You see that in the trailer with the witch. And that's one of the other new bits of this is the villains are different. So the bad guys are uh, this witch named Jian Yang. And then um, is it Bori Khan is the main bad guy. Same exact premise. He wants to take over everything and, and get rid of the dynasty with the help of this witch. But we find out, and it's very obvious throughout the movie. So there's, like I said, there are no surprises in this film. But it, it, for a kid, uh, especially like a, a little girl, uh, this just would be the perfect movie for them because they're probably not going to see some of those twists coming. Uh, but for example, one being the witch is essentially just a very powerful woman who has a lot of chi and it goes back to that ancient sort of, you know, the, the Chinese culture of women being less than men. And so each family has a, you know, a male. And just like in the cartoon, um, you know, the, the armies are, are coming. And we need to recruit every, uh, the, the oldest son of every man or one son from every family sort of thing. And Mulan's father is injured. He's crippled. And he gives himself... And she says, no, no, no. And in the cover of the night, she leaves and pretends to be a man uh, in the army, uh, does a kick-ass job. Once she's discovered, just like in the movie, she's cast out, uh, but then comes back to try and save the emperor, does so, earns more honor than she ever would have thought. And that's the film. That is literally the story, but it's the it's the little pieces in between that make this movie so special. Not just that, but the emphasis on that message. So uh, when Mulan and the movie starts, Mulan's very little, and we start to see her chi shine, where she's kind of a klutz in some regards. She's chasing this chicken around the um, the village, and the village is super cool. It's it's just this giant circular dome. Uh, with an opening up at the top, obviously, to see the sunlight, but everyone lives in this one area. So there's a town center in the middle of the dome, or in the middle of it, it's like a coliseum almost, um, but it looks like a bunch of apartments. Uh, but she's like breaking things and bumping into stuff, but there's this bit where she, she and she's got like a stick with her, or it's a sword, and she, um, she like falls off of a, a balcony, and catches herself by the tips of her feet on the edge of this sword, and then jumps off, kicks the sword in the air, lands on her feet, catches the sword in her hand, and her father at the beginning was like, Mulan, like, get down here, and she does this insanely, only you could have superpowers sort of trick, and he like smiles at her, and I was like, okay, like, I like this relationship between him and her, but then we start getting into the idea of a woman's place, and her mother is saying, you know, the matchmaker is in town and they need to get her matched up with a man so that she can become a wife. And just like, again, in the in the, in the cartoon where it's like, oh my God, like, how is that still a thing? And it's like, well, that's because it's feudal China. Uh, that's how people thought back then. So in that sense, it's interesting because Mulan hates that. She wants to kind of cultivate her chi and become a great warrior and, her, and, and kind of gain favor in her father's eyes. And so there's one night... Uh, where her father sits her down and explains to her that there are not a lot of people like her 
and they live in a world where you know she has to be a certain way and so for now she needs to hide her secret and hide who she is and um, so she does that and then it fasts forwards to um, you know current day we've got the whole matchmaker bit which was hilarious really really funny uh, but even then like just she she's just so skilled she's got these superpowers really where she can just I mean you, you'll see it in the fights she's just no one can beat her and it's it's funny because even in the final battle when she's fighting Bori Khan like you still get that idea that like this isn't her full power there's no way but there's this really beautiful piece here instead of Mushu and the cricket she's followed by a phoenix and we don't necessarily know if the phoenix is real or not to her it is real and to us as an audience it is real uh, and it's kind of the the memory in a way of her father and her family um, he explains this whole story about the phoenix and whatnot. But she takes his sword, and on his sword from the army, it was engraved in there the three tenets, uh, no, no pun intended, of being a great warrior, I guess, at that time period, which were honor, loyalty, and truth, or to be true, I think are the three. Honor, loyal, and honor, honor I believe, is it? It may not be honor, but um, basically the, those tenets of being a really good person. And so she's like, she escapes on the cover of the night, shows up at this place. We get the brilliant Donnie Yen, who's the commander Tung. He's the one who's kind of running the place, and he is super impressed by her. Um, initially, obviously, you know, she's trying to figure out how to be a man, uh, but then um, she just decides, you know, screw it. I'm going to just be a badass. And so she does all these cool stunts with spears that blew my mind. And uh, by the end of it, though, he even is like, hey, you know, uh, when the war is over, I would love to match you with my daughter. And it's like, ah, you know, it's just so tough for her. And so they keep talking about that, that like you have to live up to these three tenets. And she is not living up to the tenet of being true to herself. And it was such a powerful message. I mean, I'm getting chills talking about it. My wife and I cried multiple times in this movie for absolutely no reason at all. It's just the, the music was so good and the message was so strong. And we were just like, man, like Mulan is struggling. She like she just wants to be herself. And my wife was like, wow, this is this is a message for so many types of people, not just young girls, but trans lives, people who are they know themselves to be someone different than everyone else thinks they are. You can you can put that for someone who's transgender, someone who is uh, gay one way or the other, someone who is just struggling with any sort of identity issue that they feel like they are somebody and everyone else, the whole world is telling them that they need to be someone else, yet they're drawing their own power and their own happiness from being themselves is is why, probably why we're crying so much because my, my wife and I are very, uh, we're very quirky people. And uh, there's a lot of times where, you know, it's like we're, we're only truly ourselves when we're at home around each other because a lot of people would think that we're super weird and a lot of people would be right. We are very weird, but we are so happy being the way that we are. And so it was just such a powerful message of acceptance and earning that through others, which again, shouldn't need to happen. Uh, people should accept you for who you are. But in this time period, during this film, she busts her ass to show that. She she really does. 
and um, even at the point where after she gets kicked out of the army for uh, betraying everybody, uh, she comes back to warn them and uh you know her her fellow soldiers who decide to stand up for her and say i believe you mulan like i I believe that you're a good person and that you've saved us in the past and you're not lying now and of course just like in the cartoon you know they do decide to believe her but even because even knowing all of that even knowing it it does not take away from this film because there is an editing and cinematography in here from uh i would say a combination of nikki caro who is the uh director uh those of you may know her from uh and i pull it up i think she was in oh yeah she did whale rider the zookeeper's wife mcfarland usa and north country uh all of i've only not seen mcfarland usa which i will be rectifying because that's on disney plus but all those other films are very strong female driven stories and this one is no different to that um so just a a huge shout out to nikki she did a great job and uh i'm gonna look on here for the full cast to see who the excuse me see who the cinematographer is there are absolutely gorgeous wide shots of countrysides of farms of of the world at that time i guess you could say beautiful landscapes of sand but not only that there were some really interesting um ooh, harry gregson williams did the music and i believe he did um i could have sworn he did uh not logan but x-men origins wolverine which would have been 2009 nailed it got it yep he did x-men origins wolverine uh he did some of the shrek movies it looks like he also did the equalizer man on fire chronicles of narnia um so it's it, just classic music but the cinematographer was um it said mandy uh mandy oh mandy walker is the cinematographer and she has also done hidden figures australia tracks um i wonder if she's australian maybe who knows but uh yes she was she's from uh uh, bundura victoria australia good for her that's awesome um there's a specific scene that just absolutely stood out my my wife and i literally at the exact same time went oh my god that is awesome (laughs) like uh the you'll notice it the matchmaker scene the fr- right when they jumped they like end the current scene go to the matchmaker scene instead of like a zoom into the uh, kind of the matchmaker's uh, place of business it's an uh, over the top above shot of a table that slowly cuts in almost like wes anderson style all of the different things that are, are being put on her for makeup so like you get lipstick uh powder uh, this that the other and they just pop 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 and then it goes like it was just so many cre- cool creative decisions were done in the editing and uh, cinematography for this movie that just go even further to make this movie stand out as a truly special film uh, something that again i just looking back all it does is make me wish that all of these other disney movies would have done this exact same thing whether they would have made as much money doing so is never going to be known because it's you know it's a what-if situation but uh still it's impressive that they took this much risk it's impressive too that they decided to put this on disney plus because i really wish that um that i could have seen this movie in theaters i would have probably seen it twice in theaters definitely in dolby and probably in imax if possible just because it's the scope there's a there is a wide shot 
truly a wide shot of an entire army fighting while Mulan is riding in on a horse uh, and a, a bad guy is throwing a spear at her. She jumps off the horse, kicks the spear up into the air, and while she is in the air, she jumps up and kicks the spear back down straight into that guy. It was amazing, and that was not the only cool action scene of hers. It just was one of many, and it made it. I mean, this whole entire film took my breath away in the best way possible. The whole rest of the night, my wife and I were singing "Reflection" uh, back and forth to each other throughout the house. And uh, we watched a couple of the special features afterwards, uh, watched the music video of Christina Aguilera doing a reflection. Uh, It was just, it really was an amazing movie and is right now under Tenet as my second favorite movie of the year. So really glad that I got to see these two so close back to back. Um, But yeah, it really was just a powerful movie. So in that regard, the the last thing I'll say on this is, uh, again, in regards to the future of these movies. So um, what's next for Disney is, is the main question is how are we going to know if Mulan does well or not? Well, there's a couple of indicators. Firstly, obviously Disney needs to release how many people purchased Mulan and, uh, kind of try to figure out how, how to go from there. Uh, Mulan purchases. I'm going to look at right now live in real time, uh, and see if it, it doesn't look like it is, I don't, you know, maybe they haven't released it yet, but, the big key things to talk about in regards to this, and again, I, I don't know anything, right? I, I'm not part of Hollywood. I don't know how Disney Plus counts its numbers. I don't know who's paying for what, what studio things they're going to have to pay. Obviously, if you're buying it full price out of Disney Plus, uh, they're going to get the full amount of money. But if you're buying it through some other streaming service uh, or video on demand service, they're probably taking a portion of the money. Uh, and then from there, uh, you have to think not every single person is going to be purchasing this movie. People are probably going to be sharing it with their friends. Uh, people are probably going to obviously, you know, share it without the family or everyone who's, you know, within their login. So there's there's differences to be made in terms of whether it could make more or less in the theater. But the difference is you've got if you have an X amount of people purchasing it directly through Disney Plus, those people would have not given as much money to Disney if they'd have gone to the movies because a lot of that purchase would have gone to the movie theater, would have gone to all kinds of other things. So um, I personally think this movie is going to do a lot better than was projected. I don't remember what the projections are, but I'm just saying I, I think it is. I think based on word of mouth, people saying how good, seeing how good this film is and the fact that everyone's at home, I'm sure... There are um, a lot of kids. I've been seeing arguments about this for multiple streaming movies now of like, okay, I can wait. Like I can wait the three months uh, as an adult. Like I, I, I can do that. Fine. But what about all of those families out there that have kids? And obviously there's a, there's a swath of the world that is already had decided they're going to be buying this movie or that they would be purchasing the, the premiere version of this film. Whether they had kids or not, 
uh, they knew, hey, I really want to see this movie and I want to see it right now. Or they were saying, I want to see this movie to support Disney, let them know that I want them to continue doing this in the future. Whatever the case is, you've got those people. But then you have those other people who are not, that are on the fence about it. And, and eh, 30 bucks is, is kind of high. Well, think about it this way. And I'm, I'm certainly not trying to say to pay the $30. It's worth it. But if you're you're on the fence about it, don't push yourself over the fence if you you know you need that thirty dollars for something else. Uh, but think about it this way: uh, if you went, if you did not have any sort of thing like a, an AMC Stubbs A list or uh, any way where you would be getting discounted movie tickets, and you wanted this, the only way that it would be cheaper for you to go see this movie in theaters would be for you to go see it by yourself. That would that's literally it would be to, for you to go see it by yourself and then you wouldn't be able to see it again. That's basically the equivalent of it because a movie ticket is going to run you typically, and this is, I guess, broadly, between 10 and $20 for a ticket, right? Cheapest movie ticket, probably matinee, maybe you get a $5 movie ticket, but for the most part, uh, at least here in Colorado, a regular movie ticket's like 13 bucks. Uh, IMAX and Dolby are both like seventeen or eighteen dollars. So imagine you saying, "Okay," and again, for me, that would be me for saying, "I want to go see this movie in IMAX." Well, but I'm also not the only one going to see it. I'd be taking my wife to go see it, so that's an extra ticket. I have AMC Stubbs, so I wouldn't pay for my ticket, but I'm still paying for hers. And again, that's only to go see the movie once. I would be paying ten more dollars to get to see it as many times as I want on Disney Plus between now and December. And I would go, I would watch it again between now and December for sure. I kind of want to rewatch the cartoon again and then watch this again. But for a family, and think about it like this, for a four-person family, we'll keep it simple, two parents, two kids, um, that's four movie tickets. And I, I haven't been a kid in a long time, but from what I've understood, they like going to the movies a lot. So for something like this, they may want to even go see this movie twice. You're better off getting it on Disney Plus if you're if you're thinking about it that way. But you have to even take it on the macro level. It isn't in theaters. It's not coming to theaters as far as we know. So your only way of getting to see it right now is through Disney Plus. So with that set aside, knowing that it's cheaper uh, if you are in that position, again, if you're by yourself, you can probably wait. There's no rush. But if you've got some kids, it's going to make you want to do that. But that's the second piece of this that I don't think a lot of people are, are talking about. And maybe it's because I'm crazy. How could a kid not convince their parents to spend this money on the movie? Obviously, you've got the buy me, buy me stuff, mommy. Like, ah, I wanna, you know, I'm at the store throwing things in the cart. But think of it this way: your kids at school, or even virtually, and all the other students are talking about seeing Mulan, or some kid's parents bought Mulan, and now they they want to watch Mulan, and they're gonna bug their parents until they do it. And and again, it's not like they're bugging their parents to take them to the Grand Canyon. They're bugging their parents so that they can have two hours of alone time watching uh, watching this movie. Again, I would recommend the whole family watching it. But uh, you can kind of get what I'm getting at. Like I feel like a lot of these people who are saying, "Oh, I'm not sure about this." Uh, their kids may convince them to to get this film. So with that in mind, you you have this chunk of people who have purchased the film now this weekend. But what's going to happen this week when these kids are back in school and they're chit-chatting about this or uh, someone brings it up at work and now we feel out of the loop? There's a lot of FOMO in 2020 right now and a lot of people, uh, myself included, are trying to grasp at straws to... Um, 
to find enjoyment in 2020 is, I guess, the best way to look at it. Uh, yeah, that may require spending a little bit of money, but how how little money have you spent over the last five months not going to the movies at all? Uh, so that that that's my argument for it. But again, argument against it, if you don't want to watch this movie or you don't want to spend 30, you think you can wait till December? All the power to you. Do it. Um, but it'll be interesting to see how this reverberates when we do find out what it makes and how Disney treats their other movies going forward. So as of right now, and I talked about this on the prior episode too, we've got two different parties right now I think that people are looking at, which are Warner Brothers and Universal, Warner Brothers and Disney, not Warner Brothers and Universal. But uh, Warner Brothers is the comparisons between Tenet and Wonder Woman 1984 with Disney, it's Mulan and Black Widow. So uh, just like I said on the other episode, and I'll talk briefly about it here, uh, uh, Tenet was released only in theaters. It was not, I believe it also was released at drive-ins, but it had to be in a town or city where it was also being released in theaters. That was the stipulation that they made, which again, psychotic. If you've got a state like California that doesn't want to open its movie theaters up, why wouldn't you want to try and make extra money uh, releasing it on uh, a drive-in theater? And beyond that, why wouldn't you also want to release it on streaming? Maybe not this weekend, maybe not last weekend, but why not this weekend? A week later, release it on streaming too. Who cares? Like You're going to get so much more money doing that, more than $20 million this weekend, that's for sure. So I think Warner Brothers has shot itself in the foot in that regard. Again, this is this is much much like dodgeball. Uh, it's a bold strategy. We'll see if it pays off, um, and I'll be interested to see if it pays off. Again, I am not I, I I'm not uncomfortable dissing movie theaters. I will talk trash about any movie chain or movie uh, studio for making a dumb decision, but I do not want any of these movie studios to fail. I would like for everything to be, and I know this is not the right thing to say, but I would like for everything to be the way that it was before COVID. I know in my heart that that is not how it's going to be. We, I, The feeling that I have is the exact same feeling that all of these CEOs have at these movie studios and movie theaters saying, oh, you know, things are going to get right back to where they are. We'll just release this movie in theaters and be that the way that it is. Trust me, I get it. I really do get it. I want the films to be that way. I want the movies to be that way. But it isn't. We are not living in that world. And I guess this could have been a better conversation uh, in the Tenant podcast, but there is no inversion when it comes to movie theaters. Things are not going to travel back in time to the way that they were unless things get worse and we travel back in time to there being no movie theaters. These theaters and studios need to come up with new and innovative ways of producing and sharing their content so that not only are they saving money doing it, but that they're making money doing it so that we can have more movies in theaters. So this is actually the second part of the conversation that uh, my brother and I had the other day um, was around this. I, I talked about it in the prior podcast around certain people going to see certain types of movies, but also certain people viewing movies a certain way. Why in all of God's green earth would somebody not release a film day and date at the theater and streaming? Well, the answer to that is 
A lot of people maybe would then stream the movie instead of going to the theaters, and eventually that would run the theaters out of business. Fine, that makes sense. But like I said earlier, Universal is an interesting dark horse here because they just finished up, or a while back, I guess, I don't know, time, time has been working differently uh, in you know, post-coronavirus. And um, they, But there was an article about them coming to a deal with AMC where instead of having a 90-day exclusive window for their films, it is dropped down to, I think, 18 days. So the movie theater gets the film for 18 days, and then from there, the studio can also put it out on streaming. To me, that is the perfect solution. Let the theaters make those big opening weekend box office numbers. Those people who now, maybe before, would have gone to the theater, now don't want to due to a health concern. All they have to do is wait 18 short days, and then they can stream the movie themselves. Heck, by then, they could even go to the theater because no one will be at that that showing anymore. Uh, you know, you wait a couple weeks and everyone would be gone. It's the perfect in route, the perfect uh the middle road, I guess you could say. And so we were saying like, okay, well then why, like, why is, why are these, uh, why are they doing different things right now? Why is Mulan only coming to streaming? And why is Tenet only going into theaters? Well, again, uh, Mulan is in theaters. It's in theaters in other countries. Uh, it's just not in theaters here because we can't get our act together in regards to, uh, public safety. And uh, Tenet's the exact opposite. It's, it's uh, you know, we don't care about that. We're going to release it in theaters everywhere. And granted, it's done well. I think it made $120 million total. Uh, but come on, $120 million for a Christopher Nolan movie opening weekend? That is not that great of a number. Um, and I'm going to prove it right here real quick. I'm going to prove it right quick. Uh, Tenet, uh, opening weekend of uh, $146 million worldwide um that's pretty good but i want to see and of course again a, a negative absolutely negative shout out to box office mojo for having a terrible user interface i would love to be able to click something that would compare all of christopher nolan's movies but let's just for the sake of argument we'll do Dun well no we're not going to do dunter kirk we'll do inception it's been 10 years since inception and inception is a pretty damn close it's in terms of its concept to um tenant and just being so you know out there uh well okay so yeah so domestic opening of 62 million and a worldwide total of uh 869 million that's pretty impressive but does it have a opening i can see i can't even see that that just doesn't make sense to me this is the dumbest website in the world um, oh, here we go. Okay, so overall, uh, or opening weekend, where are we? July 16th. Okay, so 62 opening, and then um, I guess it didn't open in uh, domestic all time. I don't know. This is. I apologize for even wasting your guys' time on this. Boo to box office mojo. But the point being, it made 62 million uh, opening weekend in 2010. Remember that this movie was one of the first kind of box office films for Christopher Nolan. Uh, he had just done the Dark Knight movies and kind of proved his salt as a filmmaker to the wide audience. And uh, much like Jack Black would say, I believe it was Jack Black in Birthday Boys, you do one for them and then you do one for you. And so he made his Batman movies so that he could make his high concept movies. 
and people said, hey, you know what? I liked him in Batman. Let's see what he's all about in Inception. And then, holy crap, this movie. Um, so I, I think $62 million for an opening weekend is kind of low. But again, 2010, first time doing it. But now you would think 10 years later, he would have a million times more of an opening weekend. I mean, you can look at Dunkirk and see that it uh, its opening weekend was well his, that one was 50 million let's just dive into all of these interstellar was uh 47 million so you've got roughly 50 million opening weekends for his movies maybe a little less maybe a little more um you got 40, 47 50 and 62 for those three i wonder if i bet you prestige is even lower than that but um oh because that well that one came out in 2006 yeah yeah um domestic opening of 14 million so 20 million i would say tenant again if if america had gotten its act together and people had taken the virus seriously and theaters would have been open with sort of a hey you know this is the new and improved way of doing things we're celebrating that with this huge new film, Tenet, it would have killed. It would have gotten way more than twenty million, but that's not the case. And they could have they could have recouped those costs by also releasing it via streaming, but they didn't. So where does that leave everybody? Uh, it leaves us in this weird kind of spot where what we wonder what are they going to do next with um, with Black Widow and with um, Wonder Woman. Uh, Wonder Woman's option is to stay the course, come out in October, come out in theaters and and take it as such, or they're either going to push the movie back or they're going to release it via streaming. And maybe that's going to be based on Mulan. That could be based on how this one does. And I bet you the whole world is going to be watching to see how Disney does this because Warner Brothers has their own service too. They've got HBO Max, so they could easily utilize that in one way or another to either boost their subscriber numbers and thus make even more money. They could release it on you know all streaming services, but then have a discount on uh, HBO Max that um, you know maybe it's five dollars off, ten dollars off, whatever the case may be. With Black Widow, the question becomes: If Mulan does well enough, will they just do the same thing with Black Widow instead of releasing it in theaters? They only release it via Disney Plus. Um, I will say either way I'm going to pay for it, either way I'm going to get that movie, uh, but I would really prefer it to come out in theaters. So um, I so I don't know. It's an, it's a an really interesting time to be alive. I know we say that all the time, but it is in regards to you know this whole movie strategy because in a couple of weeks, probably a couple months, we're going to know and we're going to, we're going to have better numbers. And I, I was talking about all of this with my brother. And he brought up, and he was just like, Alex, you got to remember, you know, none of this is based on anything. Like, we have no basis for how these movies are going to perform because the landscape has changed so much. We had no idea that, I mean, there were people who had pre-ordered tickets to go see Mulan in theaters. And then it, it, you know, it went away. And uh, same with, like, Tenant and just there's... There's a lot of weird stuff, and so I think this has been a really interesting Labor Day weekend for me in, in being able to view both of these films that are sort of uh, kind of coming at the same problem from different angles to try and find a solution. And honestly, that's that's where I'll wrap this up with is no matter what the decision is, the utmost importance needs to be put on keeping movie theaters in business, 
keeping movie studios in business. So whatever plan that looks like, I'm game. I'm just as intuitive as I can be, see that as being a merger between movie theaters and streaming. And the idea that I had come up with, which I think AMC is sort of starting to do, is you look at AMC's uh, list of movies right now, and all that's listed is New Mutants, Tenet, a couple of indie films I actually haven't even heard of, at least at my theater. There's a couple of foreign language films as well. And then a couple of those throwback movies like 42. They had Jurassic Park there. To me, that is what I see movie theaters becoming is I see them becoming a sort of um, specialty piece, almost like even an AMC theater turning into an Alamo draft house where you have a couple of big budget pictures there along with some indies, but then also re-releases put out. I mean, I saw on AMC's thing, they still haven't done it, but like you got 42 coming out. Chadwick Boseman passed away. I would immediately in the theater have 42 get on up and black Panther playing, uh, maybe even gods of Egypt for, for, you know, certain theaters feeling froggy, but you could have that happen. Christmas comes around, put out some old classic Christmas movies. You see TCM big, uh, big picture classics doing this where once a month, they've got like a throwback movie. They bring back through fathom. Why not just have AMC do it? They're clearly doing it. They can pull out Jurassic park, which was, um, Jurassic park, I think is universal, and uh, they've got Black Panther, so clearly Disney's a-okaying some things. 42, I believe, is universal. I, I'm not going to speak on that. I don't know. But the point being, that is how I see things coming out in the future, is, is looking like that. But in the meantime, in the present, all we can do is try new things. We, uh, we can try going to see theater, going back to theaters for the first time. We can try streaming a movie from Disney Plus and paying for it for the first time. Uh, there are a lot of first times right now. And I would just say navigate it as best as you can. Find what works for you and then tell people that. Tell people, tell AMC, tell Warner Brothers, tell anyone that's going to listen. Tell them what you want. And then we can finally start crafting something that's going to be better for everybody. Something that's going to keep theaters in business, keep people going to the theaters, and keep cinema alive. And with that, we will wrap up this episode for Comics and Cinema. I'm your host, Alex Klein. You can find me on Twitter at a robot's wink or on Instagram at a robot's wink. Uh, thanks so much for listening, and I'm praying we'll see you at the movies. Thank you.